This is CliffCentral.com. Welcome back to the good stuff, Cliff Central's very own happy hour with myself, Brent Lindicue, the good news guy. Uh, I don't know where my sting is. I was actually looking for the good stuff sting. So maybe I should do it by myself. This is the good stuff on Cliff Central. Uh, welcome everybody. It's Tuesday, my favorite day of the week. I get to hang out with you all, have a good time, talk about the good stuff, bring you all the good news stories. We have a jam packed show for you today. Um, Kerry Stain. And do I say your surname like that? Is it Stein? Stein. Stein. Kerry Stein. Let me put your mic on. Are you in? Are you in? Come in. I'm in. I'm in. I'm in. I don't know what's going on here. Let's test it again. Hello. Well, now she's there live. She now she's live. <laughs> Welcome to the studio. Good morning. So she joins the team as the good news correspondent. Kerry's been on the show before. Uh, we had her on the show. We were chatting about a, a charity, an institution that she started, uh, which we'll get into a little bit. But I just realized that she, she really is passionate about the good stuff. And she wants to share good news and create the inspiration and, and bring the differences. And, and you know what? Make South Africans a little bit more motivated. So I put up on my face. Facebook um, that I was looking for someone to join the team to come and, and chill with me in the studio and have a good time and share the good stuff. And she was the first person who got back to really, me. Really? Was I really? You were the first person. <laughs> Boom. Boom. She was in there uh, and, and she said, yeah, I want to be part of it. I want to be part of it. We'll also be joining uh, later on by Paige. Um, we're calling it turning over a new page, which is, which is our little segment, segments. I've always done it. I've brought you every week, um, a charity that you can get involved in, something where you can make a difference. Uh, we basically bring the resources to you. So you don't have to do much thinking. And, um, and I, I met Paige a little while ago. We were on that mission with King Pa, handing out thousands of pies to all the different charities around, around Johannesburg. And Paige actually pulled that all together. She knows a crap load about different charities. She researches them. She tries to get the, the awareness out there. So we're going to have her in studio every week. Um, she'll be in here a little bit later on to chat about what she's doing. We've also got, and you know Africa Takun, right? Yes. We've got them coming in studio to talk awesome. about a project that they're doing. Um, they're painting houses purple. Yes. They're, they're painting houses purple. Uh, they've got a reason behind that. There is a reason why they're doing it. So we're going to get deeper into that. And then also something that we can't shy away from. Uh, the last nine days, country, South Africa, has been about hashtag fees must fall. Um, it, what started out as a, as a, uh, what, what would you call it? A hashtag, a revolution, a something. What started out as trending uh, on social media to talk about the fact that university fees are just ridiculous in this country has turned into a revolution. Where international. International revolution. And, and the people that are doing it are not these old school big wigs mm-hmm. that did it before. It's the young empowered students it's the guys that up and coming our future that's future generation you know it's so cliche to say kerry people always go i don't know who's saying it children of the future i think it was whitney she pulled that out um and you can you can keep pulling it out but it is a reality children are the flipping future and if this is what our future is i am excited completely yeah these guys are dynamic really and they're not i mean they're not scared no not at all. If you were watching all the footage on the news, I sat um, last week, Friday, laptop open. Yes. Um, one of the news stations had a live streaming and it, it was it was done so well. So I was watching that on the background and just sort of seeing what was going on and these students making, they, they were protesting and they were just, even though there was a whole bunch of scuffle going on and there were all these different messages that it might have been political and blah, 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 blah. But it was really inspirational to see these kids fighting for what every other South African should be fighting for exactly 
Yeah, it was right. With such passion. I mean, a lot of people, a lot of people could have a look at it and see that it's negative, but it's not negative. No. It's, it turned into a negative, but it's actually positive. Yeah. So I'm excited. We got the two, two students that are, that are in here. One of them actually posted, she did a post on Facebook on Friday that went viral. So we're going to talk to her about that and how it feels to have your post go viral. I mean, it's cool when people start sharing, liking, talking, and for all the right reasons. Like it's not, it's not like you tweeted or Facebooked something bad, which is insane. If you guys want to get uh, in on the conversation, this is a conversation. Uh, it's all about the good stuff. We're going to dig around and try to find the good stuff in absolutely everything. You can tweet us on cliffcentral.com or myself, Brent Lindekew, or my host. What is your, what is your Twitter? Do we know? Kerry Stein. Simple and easy. Yep. It's at Kerry Stein. Uh, or you can send us a message on our official WeChat app. Kerry has got the app open in front of her. So if you just want to say hi, uh, you can send it through there. Uh, or call us on 0861 So Kerry, you have been on the show before. Yes, I have. Um, why? I mean, let's, let's go back quickly. So what do you, what do you do? What is your, your day job when it comes to the charity? Just so we can refresh listeners. Um, basically what I do is, um, we have a few directors. I'm one of the directors. And, um, when it comes to a lot of what we do, we've got a, we've got a schedule for the year. Um, we've got a lot of events through the year as well. They're quite big. So my role is basically, um, the events, the marketing, getting stuff together because everybody else in the NPO, they have day jobs. So it's difficult. It's difficult for them to do what, I mean, I'm on the ground all the time. So I am running every single day. People are like, do you get paid? No. <laughs> I'm doing, I, I'm doing what I love. So it's, it's, you know, and like, like with Paige and we'll speak to her later. Um, it's about finding beneficiaries and people that need stuff. So my phone is going constantly with people that, that need help. They need food. They need support. And, um, it's just a thing on a daily basis. I enjoy it. I really do. That's why I love helping people. It's like philanthropy to the max. Philanthropy to the max. And <laughs> where, where do you think that passion comes from? Because it must, it, you, that doesn't, you don't choose it. It chooses you, right? Yeah. So that, that sort of um, giving up your time, volunteering, working for something where, where you, you're literally getting paid back in kind. You don't, exactly. you don't earn a, a whopping salary. It's, it's, you're doing it to spread good. Yes. Where does that passion come from? I think I have definitely always had it. Uh, I think really, I know it sounds cliche, but I think I was born with it. Um, I, I get happiness from seeing other people happy. That's absolutely incredible. And that for me is huge because, um, how do I, how do I put it? There's so much. There's, you know, I'm only one person, but there are so many people that need help. There are so many institutions that need help and, like mine is not even a drop in the ocean. And as much as I can do, I mean, I will do to the best of my ability. And um, I do get great joy out of that. And I mean, I get nothing back except like fulfillment. And that's, that's like, and that's why I have you on the passion. show. That's your passion and, and you're all about doing good and, yeah. and going forward, this is going to be our platform. Yes. Like this is where we're going to do some good. We're going to, we're going to spread a little bit of inspiration, <laughs> share good news stories, highlight this charities. This is our stuff. This is our stuff. And I'm excited yeah. to have you on board. Thank you. Um, I, I mean, I've got a whole bunch of things that we need to get through. There's, there's, we need to move on to look at the time. What? How is it 10 past 10 already? That's insane. Uh, we're going to be doing the, the stuff, the conversations, the stuff that people are talking about right now. So it's pretty simple. Um, I log on to Twitter, 
to make sure they've got that trending sort of side. Mm. Um, it just brings us to the forefront of what's going on in the conversation for today. And I did. I've just logged on. And the, tr- the most trending hashtag right now is something called Supergirl. The reason for that is there's a new series that's starting. And that's, that's taken over our, our fees must fall. Uh, Supergirl, or maybe it's got to do with fees must fall. Maybe there's a Supergirl in charge because there was a whole bunch of women that were part of fees must fall. It's a new series that's starting on, um, all over the world internationally, but on DSTV this week. It's called Supergirl. It's like Superman. I remember that one when we were growing up when I was in high school. Um, it was, got, it got to do with like the beginning stages of Superman. I think it was called Smallville. Smallville, that's what it was. It was yeah. Smallville. Yeah. And that was huge. Massive. Massive. <laughs> I used to like, and, and back in those days, we didn't have a uh, PVR. Exactly. Or, so and you people had, downloading series, like, yeah, it was Smallville. You had to be home on a Thursday at Hopper 7 to tune exactly. in to what was going on. Yeah. It's crazy. So that starts <laughs> this week. That's, that's, um, that's what's the first trend that was trending. The second is the Vits SRC. So I'm guessing that um, that this is still carrying on from Fees Must Fall campaign. A lot of the universities are closed this week still. Uh, they, they've pushed out the exam dates. Um, and we're going to be getting heavily into depth later on in the show about the Fees Must Fall campaign. Because it is, again, I think it's important what's going on. I think it's uh, it's interesting. One of the other things that I saw that's not trending that I want to bring up, it's a it's a... A motivational speaker from Johannesburg. I don't know if you saw that post. His name's Daniel something. I don't want to say his surname because uh, I don't want to give him any airtime. I think I have seen him. He posted that picture of himself, black and white, mm. uh, standing looking all schmarmy. And um, and there was writing all next to it about how like this this is the worst thing that can happen in South Africa and how all these people are busy protesting and he's out there busy making business and money. Mm. And it backfired. Completely. Um, that, that post, I think it was retweeted on Twitter eight times. What? Retweeted eight times? Are you joking? Um, and someone else took that post. They rewrote all over it and they, they basically went, Hey, my name is XYZ and I'm a, a white supremacist and I have no idea what's going on on the ground and, and my thoughts and opinions don't actually matter. I'm Schwami and, and they swore a little bit as well. That went viral afterwards. Which is fl- it's flipping cool. It's that like, is because I mean they took it over. He took tried. It over. He tried to. Well, he's 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 backpedaled. Yeah. So if, I went to go check on his Facebook page and his Twitter and all over the place, and he's actually um, he's backpedaled completely. He's now going yes, but this is how you change it, and this is how you get out of poverty, and this is how you get better at what you do. And I just think to myself, but you, it's really not about that. No, <laughs> it's not about. Not at all, not at all. Um, Last one that we have is hashtag Tuesday. That's at number one at the moment. And that's choosing to be too kind, choosing to be better. Choose, 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 choose to be be positive. Our hashtag, if you want to make that trend, is change one thing or the good stuff. And that's what we're all about. Um, Kerry, this is the good stuff. I'm going to, I'm going to do your, your background music here, yo. Got to get into the good stuff. Is this, is this thing on? There we go, man. So every week we have a a segment where we're going to bring you the top five good news stories. And I've basically just handed the page over. Kerry's never seen them before. Handed it over to her. She's got it in front of her. Um, We're going to start with number five. So you're going to start at the bottom. Give me the the breakdown of what it is and then we'll chat about it a little bit. Okay. So number five that we've got here is um, Groom cancels his wedding. 
bridal parents decide to use the money to feed the homeless. Are you joking? No. Okay, so this this story uh, overseas it went down. The groom and bride they loved each other. They planned for this great wedding. Uh, lots was going down, um, and I think a week before the wedding he cancelled the whole thirty-five thousand dollars. That's what? about four hundred thousand rand. Four hundred thousand rand. Yeah. He cancelled the at whole the thing minute. at the last minute. Yes. Uh, I'm sure the bride was devastated. No, she actually wasn't. She wasn't devastated. Did she know? Did, did she know it was coming? <laughs> was the writing on the wall? Well, you know what? They were they were in their wedding clothes when they were feeding these people. Oh wow! They were actually in their wedding clothes. Was he there as well, the groom? Yes. What? Yeah. So, so as you would be at the altar, right? They were feeding people. So they 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 decided um, we're going to end this amicably, even though we've paid for the wedding and we've sorted everything out. We're going to invite homeless people to come and and chill with us at our wedding. Yes, and and we're going to feed them. That's absolutely incredible. Mm-hmm. Absolutely incredible. And uh, yeah, the groom got cold feet. Cold feet. What I mean, what as a woman, what if you is that a, is that a fear? I would think that it's more the man's fear because the groom is the guy that stands up at the altar waiting for the bride to come. And the bride's always late. Exactly. So this is completely polar opposites. Just a weird story, but with a really good outcome. I've heard, I've heard a couple of times, like on a couple of occasions that the bride will arrive and the groom is not there yet. Yeah. Cheapers. So she's on time, but the groom's not there. That's so scary. Yes. Do you think couples do that just to to like prank each other? I don't think so. But this day and age as well. I mean, when you go on bachelors and generally it's a week before, but sometimes it's not. Sometimes it's the night before. Oh, uh, that's so, like that movie. The um, yes. What's it called? The, what was it? When the, he hang- was, the Hangover. The Hangover. That's exactly what they do. High rise building in like Vegas. Okay, so if you're gonna miss the wedding and if the groom doesn't show up or the bride doesn't show up. Go go and give all your food to the homeless. Exactly. It, it'll get you tre- four hundred thousand rands worth. It'll get you trending on in social media. Your wedding clothes. It'll get you <laughs> trending on social media. What do we have at number four? Okay, number four. Let's go four. Number four. Let's hold. Okay, sneaky cards. Sneaky cards. Yes, it's a game inspired by Rack Fifteen, and it's going viral. What? Okay, so Rack Fifteen, for those that you might not know, uh, is something that this guy started in South Africa. Really cool thing. Uh, <laughs> random acts of kindness. Uh, he, from, Gee, I from, from that, he got given a radio show on Cliff Central. Pretty cool. Um, and now there's a new game called Sneaky Cards, and yes. basically you get this deck of cards. It's not just random acts of kindness because there's these little things that you can do. And and the sneaky cards give you, uh, if you go with the color, so the color scheme, it's like yes. red, blue, yellow, whatever. And, and the it's one kind of like a board game. It's a board game. Yeah. But a living board game in reality. In a vending machine. In a vending machine. Yes. So the, the picture there on the article, and we're going to post these straight after the show, uh, that card itself said, fill the vending machine up with coins. So yes. fill the vending machine up for the next person. Leave the card in the vending machine. The next person would come to the vending machine, uh, want their packet of chips or their cold drink. It would be free. They'd see the card, and then the card would say to them, go fill up a vending machine, leave this card for someone else. So it's, it's paying it forward exactly in a card game. Yes. But there is something also very similar, um, if I can say. Because uh, there's a, um, a coffee shop overseas. That you go in and you pay for your coffee, but you pay extra. So they collect 
coffee for people that can't afford coffee. So Absolutely incredible. Yeah, th- th- yeah, I think that um, that whole campaign is called Feed the Deed. Yes. It's Feed the Deed and it's in Canada and it's it's pretty epic the yes. way that they've come up with that. We've done that in South Africa. I don't know if you know about it. It's a pizza place um, down in the coast in some don't actually know. Need Duncan's help in the studio there. It's a pizza place down in the coast, and um, and they uh, Massimos. They called Massimos. That's exactly what they called. And they give you the choice of buying slices of pizza, virtual slices, yeah. so you can do it online or you can do it in store. And every month they have a list of like ten charities that they then take these pizzas to for the month, and that rotates every month. It's a flippin' cool concept. But this is, I mean, this whole vending machine thing. Okay, so what we got to do, we need to get, it's downloadable. Yes. Um, Sneaky Cards is, is on the website. We're going to post this again. We'll post it online on all the social media sites. It's like sneakycards.org or whatever. Mm. We're going to print some and you and I are going to start our own Sneaky Cards game. Yay. Straight after the show. Okay. Okay. <laughs> deal, deal, deal. It's what happening. We, it's happening. It's all going down. What do we have at number three? Um, we have, it's a Halloween costume. We know Halloween is coming up and um, there is a shop called Target overseas and um, obviously when it comes to Halloween they advertise costumes yeah because you'd want to know where to go get your costumes exactly so with this one obviously you've got your pamphlets and you've got all these little kids in their Halloween costumes but the one little girl is in an Elsa dress and she's Elsa Elsa from Frozen Elsa from Frozen Frozen she's in a little Elsa dress and she's got her she's obviously she's disabled so oh, wow. she's got her crutches Yes, because when you see, I mean, when you see adverts for shops, it's all these kids and they're jumping around and they're all happy and, you know, those are normal children. But this little one has got her Elsa dress on and she has her crutches and prosthetic legs. Wow, that's that's amazing. And you know what that does? Leaps and bounds for for kids. Um, Kids can be so nasty. I know, but it's not, I mean, it's, it's not... They don't do it on purpose. It's just because they don't think it's it's like it's not something they see every day. Yeah. So you walk past someone in a shop and they're on crutches or they're in a wheelchair and you know, kids are gonna look. They don't mean to be nasty, they just don't understand it. So this I think is amazing because it gets the kids to ask questions. Yeah. Like, um the whole story started uh, Target didn't do it for any other reason. They weren't looking for PR. They were really just doing exactly. it because they are thought leaders yes. and front runners when it yeah. comes to advertising. They've yeah. done this before. Target, uh, they, they had a whole campaign where they used um, kids that had Down syndrome. Yes. And from that, the first athletics or the first brand ever in the history of brands, they uh, they cast a little Down syndrome girl. She's 17. She's not a little. Yep. She's a teenager. Yep. She's now the face of their athletics campaign. She's walked the runway. She's like just, she's a model. It's amazing. Yes. And I've seen her in her swimwear and it's, it's, about, it's about girls. I mean, you don't have to be supermodel with tiny figure and you know obviously just run of the mill kind of beautiful model girl these she's really pretty she's really she's really beautiful she's beautiful and target changed that so so it's just them changing what they do they're just they're just being who they are and inclusive and 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 from that someone saw that post her daughter has prosthetic legs and she wrote a, a a thank you note to target to say you have no idea what you've done for my daughter's self-esteem exactly it's changed completely yeah so and it's amazing. It's amazing. So rad. Because, I mean, Elsa, she's in her Elsa dress and she's a little princess. And to who, I mean, to her, that's normal. I love it. Yeah. Absolutely love it. <laughs> Are we going to post these online? We're going to number two. What do we have at number two? Okay. Man that's going to walk. 
from Joburg to Cape Town to raise money for wheelchairs. He's a creative, a South African man. Yes. I think he works for Draft FCB. Um, it's one of the agencies that we have in South Africa. And he was in some sort of accident a little while back that put him in a wheelchair. He didn't have functionality, full functionality of his legs. Mm. So he was in this situation. And, um, and then we, he got better. So I, I guess he always knew that he would get better. It wasn't about him being in a wheelchair for life. Yeah. But those moments that he was stuck in the wheelchair, that time that he was, he was relying on other people to look after him. Completely he, vulnerable. He realized yeah. that there was a huge, there's a lot of people that are in these situations. Exactly. So he decided to do something. And I see a lot of people, I mean, you've got, we've got posts every day, people parking in wheelchair parking and they just, I mean, they have no regard whatsoever for people in wheelchairs. Did you see the wheelchair parking um, video with the guy in Europe? He parked in the wheelchair bay and they covered his car in post-its. In post-its. I saw that. I absolutely <laughs> love that. I've got a friend in a wheelchair. Yeah. And um, when we go places, it's just you 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 become more aware because I, you know I get so angry because I'm like, did you were you able to get out of your car? He's like, no, I wasn't. And I'm thinking to myself, really? Like people have no idea, no, no idea. idea whatsoever. One of the biggest things with the wheelchair bays and the disabled parkings is is not about the fact that it's closest to the door. Like Mm-mm. some people think that that's why it's such a big thing because it's closer to whatever. It's not. It's bigger. The it's, bay is bigger. Exactly. So you can open your door wider yes. to be able to put your chair there yes. so that you can flip over from. I mean, there's a lot of guys that are in wheelchairs that are able to drive. Exactly. Uh, my friend Matt, oh, he he's been drive, yeah. yeah, he's been on the show and he sort of chatted about what he does. But the biggest thing is having that space to be yes. able to open your door wide, put wide. your chair next to it, jump out, get in. Um, I've also, I've been at, at, we've gone out and we've, we've sort of got to where we were going and there's, there's regular just, um, parking. What do you call them? Re- regular able people, yes, people that are not in, not in wheelchairs yeah. that use the wheelchair parkings. I know. So bad. So bad. So yes, uh, our gentleman from, from draft FCB, he's going to be, TJ. that's his name. TJ. And I'm going to say it so badly. Njozella. <laughs> He's going to be making his way from Joburg to Cape Town, doing the walking thing. Uh, take 1, my hat off to you. One thousand three hundred and ninety kilometers. But I take my hat. Days. I take my hat off to you. That is incredible. And his whole aim to doing it is to raise money to be able to buy wheelchairs for underprivileged people who can't afford them. They are expensive. Super expensive. And a lot of the time, they have to be specially made. For real? Yes. So if you go into um, a pharmacy, the pharmacies that supply wheelchairs. Yes. They are more often than not just standard, but sometimes they have to be specially made. And also, know, like, I, I would imagine that uh, I mean, with technology and the way that things work, um, you would have different varying degrees of like a, a cheaper wheelchair, which just does what you need it to do, and then you get the advanced ones that uh, help support you, are easier to maneuver. I mean, think of think of a wheelchair in hospital. It's quite big and bulky, yeah. and it's sort of crazy. And then like Matt's wheelchair is tiny. It's, exactly. It's this this little little one. It's yeah. Little one. You can maneuver. You can literally get it wherever you need to go, and those must be incredibly pricey. They're very expensive. So big ups to you, TJ. Flip, that's amazing. Are we going to walk with him? It's a little bit far, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm, I don't know how I'm going to. I don't know how I'm going to take off work. I don't know what you're going to do. No, like, no, no. imagine, imagine. We'll walk with him every day. We'll walk with you. You know what? We'll we'll feed updates to our listeners exactly. about how his walk's going. Yes. I hope TJ. I'm going to get in touch with you if you have a 
Uh, I hope you have a solar charger so you can charge your phone along the walk. And we're going to give you a call every Tuesday to find out how you're doing. Exactly. That sounds cool. Good idea. Let's do that we from next week. We need to get week. him some support here, guys. Done, done, done. What do we have at number one? Okay, so we have um, just finished with the whole Rugby World Cup. Well, the Rugby World Cup's not finished, but we are. Yes, we are finished. <laughs> we are finished. And then there was a picture that went viral. Incredible sportsmanship shown by the All Blacks at the semifinal. Uh, we had Sonny Bill Williams, um, who went and basically supported Jesse Creel from our side. Yeah. Um, he went over to him. Yes. So, so the, the photos that went, uh, all over social media, yeah. he sort of went up to him. Um, he, the South African player he was, embraced him. he was lumped exactly. over. He was no. upset. He's out of the World yeah. Cup. Uh, yeah. And after, if you remember what happened with Japan, yes. our country like lambasted them. I know. How dare you not exactly. be able to play rugby, yo? And, and this New Zealand player just embraced him. He went and yeah. gave him a handshake, gave him a hug, sort of sat there for a bit and then helped him up to stand up and, and get going again. The way I see it as well, I mean, these guys see each other. They know each other. And although we're on different teams, I mean, we're different countries, different teams, you know, off the field, these are your brothers. And this, I mean, this was amazing. These are this. your mates. Yeah. Um, they're the people that uh, you should be caring about. Exactly. And, and even though, they, I mean... There's there's rivalry, but we also have Huge. this camaraderie yes. that we've played against each other for years and years and years and years <laughs> and years. And and New Zealand's an actually pretty cool place. Yeah. Um. Not gonna lie, it's it's pretty rad. So those are the top five good news stories for the week. We're gonna post them online. We're gonna put them on Twitter and Facebook and on CliffCentral.com so you can follow them and watch the videos and check the pics and share them with your friends and um, get involved. If you have any good news stories that you want us to feature, if you have good news that's happening in your life or, or sort of in your friends or your mates or whatever that is, you can just send us a tweet and we'll pick it up from there or, um, Pop us a mail and we'll take those stories. We'll put them onto our various platforms and hopefully they'll get trending so they can be in the top five. Yeah. Kerry, you're amazing. This is the good stuff on Cliff Central. This is CliffCentral.com. This is the good stuff on Cliff Central. And, uh, and our weekly inspiration, our great for this week is, we, we call them our great. It's a little feature that we do is Jean from Africa to Kun. <laughs> Did I get it right? You nailed it. <laughs> yes. Winning at life. Welcome to the good stuff. Um, I think first of all, just so we can get a bit of background, what is Africa Takun and, uh, and where does it come from? Okay. Well, Africa Takun is quite a big NGO. Um, it's been around in South Africa for two decades now. Um, and really Africa Takun is focused on community development, specifically for children. So um, last year, we were in contact with over 19,000 kids um, in five different communities. Wow. Uh, four of them are here in, in Gauteng, um, townships around Joburg and in the CBD. And yeah, we run plenty of programs uh, ranging from early childhood development programs, center-based programs, to programs for children who are in school to supplement their um, development. And then um, more recently, we've really branched into the sort of transition between school and the world of work. So helping children to get forward into their careers. 
absolutely phenomenal. I mean, that that is the stuff, and that's why we do this on the show, is that we need to be talking more about the good stuff that South Africans like you are doing. Uh, we said it earlier on in the show, and it's it's, it's so cliche, and it's it's something that's so true. Uh, children are the future, and we need to be we need to be empowering our youth, looking after them, so that they can empower the nation in years to come. And I think what you're doing is phenomenal uh but we're here today because you're doing a really cool project with kids in communities where we're painting houses purple <laughs> yeah so um i run a very small program inside africa Tikkun, um and it's called the empowerment program for children with disabilities and their families um we really focus on bringing the caregivers of children with disabilities together mostly mothers uh mostly actually single mothers um, and that have no support. Well, <laughs> they have varying amounts of support, but the sort of baseline situation that we encountered was that disability remains extremely stigmatized, especially yes. in the township setting. Yeah. Um, and the mothers are often blamed for the, you know, the, the disability in the first place. So, um, our work really centers around bringing caregivers together. And um, teaching them to work together and, and make change in their community. Wow. So <laughs> the Painted Purple campaign is um, something that was triggered in um, a township south of Joburg called Orange Farm. Mm. Um, it's quite far out of Joburg. And so naturally it's, you know, there's, there's high levels of unemployment. It's yeah. a mission to get to town, to get to work. Um and it's also very far from a lot of the sort of more specialized schools for children with high education um, support needs. So the situation for children with disabilities there it was really not great. Um, but uh, over the past three, three and a half years, we've spent time building up a self-help group, which now meets every single week in Orange Farm at our Africa Tkin Center. And um, this group is just extremely vibrant and active. And the Painted Purple campaign is something that they um, initiated. Uh, it's a way of kind of opening up the conversation about disability um, and really starting with people that live right next door to our families in Orange Farm. Why, why purple? Um, I'm, I'm sure there must be a reason why you chose a specific color. The, what, yeah. What, what is what is the story behind the purple that we're painting the houses? So the empowerment program, you know, it, it kicks off by by providing a very detailed course on human rights literacy and about our constitution and what people's rights are, and then after that, the caregivers of the children with disabilities go through a kind of almost like a strategic development course, and they get to choose what you know what their name of their group is, what their vision and mission is, what their objectives are. But also they get to choose um, their logo and design a logo for themselves. Oh, wow. And they chose purple as their color. So they wear purple T-shirts. And so yeah, you really the, got them involved as well. Well, absolutely. I mean, the, the, the point of making things sustainable is yes. that they themselves are owning the program making, and, making and, and driving the agenda. Yeah. Absolutely phenomenal. Um, as well as the purple on, on, on the houses, um, I've heard that they also paint m murals. Yeah. <laughs> so the, um, this painted purple campaign started in the middle of the year and it was completely initiated by the, the mothers themselves. 
So they started off by painting one house, uh, sort of one wall of a, of a house, um, purple. And then onto that, they also painted a picture of the child who lived there um, and wrote a little bit about him. So um, the, the first house that was painted was the house of Mkholisi, um, and he has autism spectrum disorder. So um, that was the sort of starting point. And then the second house um, is home to Leslie, who has spina bifida. So again, we pa- they painted a sort of cartoon version of Leslie in his wheelchair um, and a short message to the community. Um, and yeah, things have just kind of spiraled from there. Um, how is the rest of the community receiving it? So the response has been, um, you know, we really didn't, quite know what to expect um, and I think some of us were feeling a little bit paternalistic and worried about what might happen exactly. but I think because it's been such a bold um, statement that these families have a child living right here they're making it very public they're mm. making their pride for their children uh, sort of very clear the, the kind of impact so far has been absolutely fantastic um, for instance uh, the mother of, of Mkholisi, the first place that was painted, yeah. she said afterwards that, you know, um, she has ha- her old friends that she's had, you know, throughout Mkholisi's life, but they've never actually spoken to her about autism or asked her questions. Um, and for the first time after kind of the sort of very public mural and so on, people felt like a little bit more comfortable to Asking ask her some questions, questions that they probably had for ages. Um at the second house, Leslie's house, um, I mean, Le- Leslie's mother, Maria, um, <coughs> now uh, works for the program in Orange Farm. And she's recruited more families, I think, than anyone else. But um, until she had painted her house purple, had written Spina Bifida huge on the front, she hadn't realized that there was another child with Spina Bifida living on the exact same street. Wow. And um, in the wake of the painted per- painting, um, the grandmother of that child approached her and has now joined that the self-help amazing. group. Yeah, um, I mean, the fact that she that Maria had never seen this child is quite telling. Um, I think about about how the community she really knows these everyone. Yeah. yeah, and that child had really been been hidden. What uh, what are the plans for the future? Because obviously we're going to be painting houses. We uh, we're going to be putting the murals up. We're changing perceptions in the communities. It's absolutely phenomenal. What are the big plans for the future? So um, we uh, so far we've painted seven houses, and our aim is to have twenty houses done all over Orange Farm by the end of the year. Mm. Um, this is something that we will continue with, um, but. Uh, we are inviting people who are interested in coming to get involved and come to meet and, and speak to the mums and also help out with painting um, to get in touch with us and come along. We are also, for those people who are, it's difficult for them to come to Orange Farm because it's quite out of Joburg, yeah. um, we will be um, hosting a an exhibition at the Constitutional Court um, that opens on the 19th of November. Um, that's to coincide both with Disability Rights Month and the 16 Days of Activism. And um, we'll be showcasing some of the painted purple work there. We'll have some beautiful photographs. So it's open to the public. You can come have a yeah. look. Yeah, um, and we'll also be hosting kind of guided walks with the, that will be guided by mothers of children with disabilities. Wow. Sure. So if people want to come and find out more, 
Support them um, and get yeah, involved. Yeah, and, and just, I think, actually meet some people and hear their stories. Um, they are most welcome. Yeah. Phenomenal, phenomenal stuff. Uh, can you just give us just a website or, or something where people can get hold of you that we can leave them with? We'll also repost these links on our social media as well. Perfect. Um, so if you want to get hold of Africa Tukun, um, the website is www.africa, which is spelled with a K, and then Tikkun, which is spelled T-I-K-K-U-N, dot org. Um, and any kind of information that you need, you can just email the info at africatikkun.org email address and um, your query will get forwarded. Fantastic. Awesome. Um, it's exciting what you're doing in the communities and it is really incredible work and uh, and you are an inspiration to many. Uh, we're going to post all of these links up onto our website, uh, onto Twitter, onto social media so that you can get in touch, make a difference and perhaps get involved. Get involved. Maybe you can get out there and be painting houses purple. <laughs> uh, this is the good stuff on Cliff Central. This is cliffcentral.com What started out as a protest against school fees has turned into a revolution against corruption and bad leadership. Universities have rejected the government's decision and are fighting for everything that was promised to them many years ago, but never delivered. We have two incredible South Africans that are in studio with us. They are students. They were part of the Fees Must Fall campaign. Uh, I kept calling it the wrong thing when I was talking to them earlier. It was a little bit embarrassing. Um, It's a fashion designer whose Facebook post went viral and an analyst who is both part of the Africa Climate Change Movement and the Fees Must Fall Movement. Welcome to the good stuff, both of you. I'm going to ask you to get really close and personal with the mics. Don't be afraid. <laughs> they are your friends. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you doing, Brent? Good. You and I had a full-on conversation in the car about absolutely everything yeah. and sort of what you do. Um, I got to get an insight of who you are. But if you could recap, where are you from uh, and what are you currently studying? I am Severa James. I'm from East London, uh, currently finishing off my degree in fashion. And I've got a menswear brand called Pilgrim Clothing, which launched this year after um, getting a lot of hype from AFI Fast Track and appearing uh, at Mercedes-Benz Fashion Week. Wow. So little things then. Little things. <laughs> Nothing big, just little. <laughs> and then we've also got Amir, Amir in studio. Um, if you could just give us a brief of who you are and what you're studying. Yeah, no worries. Hi. Um, name is Amir. I'm actually originally from Iran, but I've been in South Africa for about 12 years now. Um, I would call myself a human rights activist, graduated from WITS actually, uh, in international relations, sociology and anthropology. Uh, I worked for Amnesty International as a international solidarity campaigner. And currently I work with a global organization that focuses on climate change and climate justice. Uh, and allow me to say that I wasn't necessarily a decision maker on the Fees Must Fall campaign, but a huge supporter. And I was present at all the protests. So, so that's the thing. And that's why I've got you both in studio. One, because of your opinions, which I think matter. As a South African, everybody's, everybody's opinion does matter. But secondly, um, I think your opinion, your opinion means something. And you guys, you guys are fighting for what's right. You and I had a full on conversation in the car. Your, um, your post went viral. What? Yeah. <laughs> that's still kind of awkward. Um, I mean, that, that was pretty cool because, um, I mean, the words that I wrote, it was something that I've been feeling for quite a while. Um, and to see South Africans not, 
um, trying to unpick the words for the color, for the this, for the that, and taking them for what they are and realizing that we're all looking at the bigger picture, which is that we need strong leadership instead of leadership that lets things escalate to the inevitable and, and, you know, South Africa gets portrayed as the naughty child as usual. It was nice to see South Africans saying, you know what, we also demand respect from our leadership and Mm. we'd like leadership that considers how we've evolved as a nation. You know, post-apartheid South South Africa looks international in its mindset. You know, we dream bigger than what they've expected us to dream. And so it's, it's pretty dope. It's dope to see that people are conscious. In, in nine days, Mm. it just escalated into something that was, it was unreal to watch and to see society. I mean, when it started, um, I think a lot of South Africans thought that it was, and, and I'm going to say this in, in the least con- condescending way, just another protest. Mm. Cause we do have them in South Africa. We have service delivery protests. We have people that are protesting for what they believe in. Um, but the general consensus and the mass population don't believe that it affects them, affects mm. them. The students were able to stand together and make South Africa rethink their position mm. and realize that this matters for all of us whether you're an adult who has studied who might still be paying off your your university loan or an adult that has children Mm -hmm. your children are going to need to study someday what's your take on on the fees must fall um i think yeah i think it was a great movement uh I also would like to say that I don't think the leaders of the protests initially thought that it will escalate to that so national level and that quickly. As international well. as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, however, um, I must also say that a lot of people decided to jump on the issue and push personal politics and agendas on this matter. And I have to criticize that to begin with. I think what was a student issue should remain a student issue. Uh, when the student protesters handed in a memorandum uh, to Guadamantashe at the Literally House, they requested for two simple things. A freeze of, inc- uh, I mean, a freezing of the fee increase and stop stoppage of outsourcing of the working uh, people mm. at the university and again as a movement we should focus on those two objectives and I think for people that jumped on this big campaign and tried to push personal agendas uh, that should stop yeah I think and I agree with you completely students um, I interviewed a, a, a student his name's Theo and he's he's studying towards becoming a, a surgeon and his, this was something that I didn't realize. So he got a loan from the NSFAS, which is great. Uh, that loan didn't cover enough to, to match his full studies, which is the first problem. And secondly, it didn't cover enough. If he, if he had to stretch it out as much as it could go, it wouldn't cover his living expenses, his food, his, his textbooks. So even though the, the loan option was there, mm. the university is so expensive that it, it wouldn't matter if he got the loan because mm. it wouldn't finish his degree. Um, what is your take on the fact that the, the government retracted so quickly? So it went from minus t- uh, 10.5, which was, it was first, then it went to six and then it went to zero in the mm. space of zero, uh, the space of nine days. What is your take on how the government dealt with that? Um, I think government actually should have dealt with it a lot earlier. I'm not even talking about the campaign, but many, many years ago, yeah. right? If you try to look at the ANC manifesto that was, you know, uh, written in 2004, they promised a lot of the voters and people that support the ANC free tertiary education, yes. free quality tertiary education. Yeah. So it has been over 11 years that this issue has not been looked into and it took a protest for them to actually just freeze the fee increase. Mm. So what I'm saying is that the movement should actually carry on until they get the free quality tertiary education 
by all means. Uh, and that's why I stand with regard to this. And they can afford it. They have done the research. They've realized that they will need 30 billion rand a year for this project. And I'm saying we can afford it. If we can afford 1.3 trillion rand to build a nuclear, nuclear plant, we can surely, surely afford three, 30 billion rand to have free tertiary education. A hundred percent. And that, and that is why South Africans are standing with the students yeah. because it, it's possible. It yeah. is possible. Um, it's mismanagement of government spending mm. of taxpayers money mm. that they need to reallocate, empower the youth mm. so they can empower the economy. It, it, it's that full circle that comes around. Mm. This is the good stuff though. So where, where's the good stuff in this? Where, where are we standing? The good stuff in this is that for once South Africans, like I said earlier, South Africans aren't looking at color. That's the first good stuff in this. I think the second good part in this is that as South Africans, we have moved conversations from our coffee tables and we're becoming active in our politics. We're no longer taking measly answers that, you know, just quiet us and quieten us down for two seconds. We're actually saying, you know what, we need proper structures to be put in place in order to make sure that um, we don't have to protest. Like Amir is saying, if if this had been done 11 years prior, we wouldn't have been going to the union buildings to call people to order. Why do South Africans have to reach an angry point? It's exhausting being a South African if we're always going to be angry. Exactly. And, you know, as South Africans now, we're not being angry anymore. We're being rational. We want reasoning. We want answers. We expect answers. And I think that's what's great about this. Man, I love the passion I love the young energy. It is something phenomenal and it's incredibly inspirational. If people want to follow you, not just for your political opinion, but for your fashion advice. I mean, you, you're incredible. You're, you're doing great things. How do people follow you? How do they get in touch? How do they, uh, um, keep up to date? My personal Facebook. No, please don't add. I like my space, but, <laughs> um, there is a Facebook page for Pilgrim Clothing ZA. There's an Instagram account as well for Pilgrim Clothing ZA. Um, and as well, recently, um, I was part of the first Domus African creative round table discussion. And Domus is an Italian magazine that covers wow. the creative industries. So, I mean, in terms of design wise I'm trying as much as I can to put out conscious work into as many publications as we can absolutely so catch me anywhere dynamite comes in small packages (laughs) definitely Uh, Amir if people want to follow you and what you're doing Um, just Twitter rather actually which is at Amir Bagheri which is A-M-I-R B-A-G-H-E-R-I that's Twitter that's it and we're going to post all of those links so that you can get involved and get in touch I can't believe where the time has gone I actually cannot believe it Uh, but we do have a new segment called turning over a new page with Paige we've got her in studio I'm going to turn on her mic and just shut down everybody else so that we can concentrate on what you're doing uh, and speak about all the good stuff that you're, you're getting up to it's your first time in studio I want you to get up and close and personal with the microphone I've got a bit of background music for you as well. It's bed music. This is your feature. Okay, you can cool. own this. Thank you. <laughs> welcome, welcome to the show, Paige. Um, just quickly, just background. So what is Huddle Up? Tell us about Huddle Up. Um, Huddle Up is um, a consultancy in South Africa where we go around and we screen initiatives and MPOs and basically provide a, provide a broad spectrum of viable opportunities that can link into corporate social responsibility. So we can take money that is uh, set aside for, for building, um, yeah, for 
getting into these MPOs and they're making it more sustainable and yeah, we can take it forward from there. So we like linking up between corporates and the MPOs. A hundred percent. And, and my idea was to get you in every week because my charity segment, I feel that I wasn't putting enough passion into it. I wasn't driving it home. Um, and you are passionate about charities. You're finding these charities. You're searching for them and you're marrying the people that can assist them. And I think that's hugely, hugely important. So it's an honor having you as part of the team. Well, thank you. Thank you for yeah. joining. Thank you. What, what do we have today? What, what is our story? Um, okay, well, Huddle Up, obviously, I mean, it's a, it's a great, uh, great collective energy. So my uh, partner, Kurs, will introduce us off next week. But uh, this week, it's about the Net HIV AIDS Youth Project that we've been involved in in Orange Farm. And as a volunteer group, we went there and we, you know, we decided to build a sustainable vegetable garden, um, do some yoga with the kids, um, you know, get a whole bunch of different activities going. And then we finally thought, you know, how do we get um, funding into these projects that can be sustainable for them? And this is this is the same Orange Farm that we were talking about. In, yeah, with Africa. Africa. Oh, wow. Yeah. So the Net HIV AIDS Youth Project, um, we've been involved in there as a volunteer group for the past uh, year and a half. And, uh, Joseph, you shared a story actually on your, on your show, uh, where Joseph had uh, passed away. But, um, obviously we got into a bit of a panic with where the kid's going to be because we, we fighting battles with, uh, land relocation and the kids have all been moved into all the caretakers homes. So they're not actually under one roof anymore, which is quite a big issue. So what we, uh, wouldn't, uh, you know, Brent uh, shared this article that our friend Dave wrote. Literally within the first week, we had raised about 10,000 Rand um, to get everyone involved to help with that sanitation and food. Yeah, incredible. I mean, everyone coming wow. together was, uh, you know, we, we're really lucky with the group of friends that we had. It's it's not one person. It's everyone coming together and being able to do this. And so now we've got a, um, you know, sustainable thing going on with Nini, the lady who's taken over with all the caretakers saying, you know, on a monthly basis, this is what we're going to do in the meantime, in the interim, until we can find a corporate to secure to secure land and then build a new orphanage and maybe an eco pressure off them as well oh yeah it's you know it's only assisting at the moment so what we want to try and do is make a whole new environment where these kids there is no pressure from them we can actually get people together get uh, corporate funding and build something that's uh that's sustainable absolutely absolutely phenomenal i love people that are making changes a change maker in south africa how do we get involved what is the easiest way Easiest way is to um, contact Huddle Up on Facebook or Twitter. And yeah, just have a meeting with us and uh, Kirst and I and our whole team will get together and see how we can actually mobilize everything and all these ideas and collaborate That's and go forward. Yeah, and volunteers. Everything, so yeah. Everybody. Everybody. Money, everybody must get involved. Money, goods, time, volunteers, time. Yeah, time. Yeah. Uh, I've, I've got a big, big load at my office. Half of my office is just charity stuff. Cool. So, <laughs> so Paige, I want you to pop past, pick it all up, and uh, and we can go distribute that. I think I've even got a couch for you. Really? Don't yeah. take up. And people must continue bringing. Yeah, we need buckies now. There's space. <laughs> Yeah, I get, yeah. I get a lot of people that contact me, um, all the time that yeah. just want me to take their charity stuff, uh, and they literally drop it off at my office. It's, it's incredible. That space, um, the space of boxes and couches yes. and there's, there's puzzles and toys and blankets. Um, it's about a hundred square, square meters. Okay. And it's just boxes. Piled. 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 Looks like you're moving. <laughs> it looks like I'm moving. I actually, when people come for meetings, they ask me, did you, did you just move in? No, that's my, ch- that's my charity gig, bro. Like that's where everything goes for charity. 
Yeah. Cool. All right, Paige. Well, I'm excited to have you on the show every week. I'm excited to, for you to bring us these stories uh, and help South Africans get involved. A lot of South Africans have this problem, and it's, it's yeah. a hashtag as well. It's called slacktivism. It's where you love to retweet. Yeah. It's where you love to post things online, but your actual action doesn't go anywhere. Yeah. Uh, we're hoping that you're going to be able to come here yeah. and help us get involved in an easy way. I hope so. Definitely. Absolutely yeah. phenomenal. Forward. Thank you so much. I cannot believe that is the good stuff for this week. Where's the time gone, Kerry? What? Uh-uh. What? T- time to extend. Time to extend. I think, Gareth, <laughs> I need a two-hour slot. Can we talk after the show? Uh, we need to just sit down and discuss that. Every week I have one thing, change one thing, change everything. This week I'm going to post that blog up online so you can get to it. It's 10 ways to stay motivated when negativity seems to be all around, uh, written by me. Um, it might make no sense whatsoever, but hopefully it does inspire you a little bit. Uh, we need to stay motivated. We need to inspire others. We're in this together, and the only way we'll get through this is together. The main hope of a nation lies in the proper education of its youth. That is what I'm going to leave you with today. That is the good stuff. For all other shows, you can go visit iTunes or you can go to cliffcentral.com. Um, we've got a year's worth of shows there. So if you're looking for a little bit of inspiration, uh, you can download a, ho- a whole bunch of podcasts. You can uh, you can then catch up with everything that's good in the world. It's been amazing hanging out with you, Paige. Welcome to the show. Thank we you love very having much. you. Ooh. Kerry Rad, I'm excited. <laughs> Yay. You and I are going to do great stuff. Awesome. Um, that is the good stuff. Uh, thanks and only good things. This is cliffcentral.com.